0: Welcome in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to Shear Jeshu, a Bible study program brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Sheer Jeshu Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. This is Patty Scalzo, and my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, has been teaching a study series on heavenly authority. We have been looking at the life of Samson in the book of Judges, chapter 14. Last time we left off, where the Philistines had just convinced Samson's wife to betray her husband's trust and give them the answer to the riddle that Samson had posed to them in a wager at his wedding feast. Now let's join Pastor Greg for the conclusion of his sermon.
1: Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he went down to Ashkelon, and killed 30 of their men, took their apparel, and gave the changes of clothing to those who had explained the riddle. So his anger was aroused, and he went back up to his father's house. Now Ashkelon is one of the five principal cities of the Philistines. It was situated on the seacoast. So he goes to their kinsmen in this other city. He kills 30 of them, takes their garments and satisfies his wages to the ones back in Timnah, in his wife's town. And the Lord anoints him with the power to do this. Now notice, this is not a formula for the way to deal with people in holiness. This is a dark time. Samson has a lot of personality flaws. Yet God uses it to bring relief to his people. It's wonderful when the perfect will of God is done the right way. But God conditionally will still accomplish his purpose, even using all the frailties and the problems of human nature. And in Samson's case, he's anointed mightily by the Holy Spirit. And notice the nature of these people. First, let's notice that what happens? Is he's angry. He's angry at them. He gets angry very easily. He gets angry at his wife because he goes back to his father's house. He leaves her. And Samson's wife, verse 20, was given to his companion who had been his best man. The one of the 30 that was his best man at the wedding is the one to whom they give his wife after he leaves and goes back. Now they've been oppressed for 40 years. And God is giving the Philistines back trouble the way they've given trouble to the Israelites. He goes, he just kills those dirty men in Ashkelon. God is bringing trouble to the troublemakers. In chapter 15, after a while, in the time of wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young goat. Now he wants to get back together. He's missed her. Maybe he's thought how pretty she was. Okay, now it's time. I'm not so mad anymore. Let's reconcile. And he comes with a gift. You know, today men would come with flowers and candy. He comes with a young goat. And he said, let me go into my wife, into her room. But her father would not permit him to go in. Her father said, verse 2, I really thought that you thoroughly hated her. Well, he left. Therefore, I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister better than she? Please take her instead. So he tries to bargain with Samson. And Samson said to him, This time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. In that culture, to take a man's wife and give her to another man was a horrible thing to do even among the pagans. So Samson says, This time if I harm the Philistines, I'm blameless. And last time, you know, he was involved in making this wager. He got angry, but this time he has right to be angry. So he said, I'm going to be blameless this time if I harm them. And verse four, Samson went and caught 300 foxes, another supernatural exhibit of strength, because you know an average person can't capture 300 foxes. He took torches, turned the foxes, tail to tail, put a torch between each pair of tails. And when he set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up both the shocks and the standing grain as well as the vineyards and olive groves. And then the Philistines said, Who has done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given her to his companion. So the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. They liked burning people, it seems. That was the intimidation by the companions. And now the rest of the Philistines that are hearing about this, when they realize that Samson... They go and they really do burn her and the father. And it shows you the nature, a horrible thing. And you see how this thing is escalating, right, from a riddle, the wager and the murder of the 30, and now the, the horrible slaying of Samson's wife and her father. This thing is escalating from one simple riddle to a war. Remember, it says that it was of the Lord. He was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. Samson said to them, since you would do a thing like this, he finds out they've done this to his wife, I will surely take revenge on you, and after that I will cease. So he attacked them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. That phrase, hip and thigh, means um, a particularly fierce, ferocious, vicious, violent attack with great slaughter. And then he went down and he dwelt in the cleft of the rock of Edom, the cave in West Judah. Remember, the two tribes most affected by the Philistines are the Danites, who are really overlapping the Philistines, and Judah, which is right next to them. So he goes to this cave in West Judah. And now the Philistines went up and camped in Judah. So now in response to that, they're responding by bringing out their armies against Judah and deployed themselves against Lehi, and the men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? So they answered, We have come up to arrest Samson, to do to him as he's done to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Edom and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this you have done to us? And he said to them, As they did to me, so I have done to them. But they said to him, We have come down to arrest you that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. Then Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. So they spoke to him, saying, No, but we will tie you securely and deliver you into their hand, but we will surely not kill you. And they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. So he doesn't want to kill his own people. He doesn't want to attack his own people. And you see here how obsequious, how timid, Judah has become relative to the Philistines. And they tie him up, and when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. They tie him up, Judah takes their own kinsmen, and they tie him up, and they hand them over to the Gentiles bound. Okay. And so Samson obviously is a type of what would happen to Jesus. Notice how afraid they are of the Philistines. Much the same way when you read about the Sanhedrin, how fearful they are of the Romans. You know, it's good for one man to die for the whole nation. And they bind him up and they hand him over to the Gentiles. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. How many times? Mightily the word is used. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax. That is, burned with fire. And his bonds broke loose from his hands. And that word broke, literally in the Hebrew is, were melted. The bonds were melted. The heat of the Holy Spirit just melts the bonds off his hands. And he found the fresh jawbone of a donkey. He reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. He kills a thousand men. And you see the power of the anointing of God. The great power. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps with the jawbone of a donkey I have slain a thousand men. And so it was when he had finished speaking that he threw the jawbone from his hand and called the place Ramath Lehi, which means literally jawbone height. Verse 18, then he became very thirsty, so he cried out to the Lord and said, You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant, and now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Notice how he believes in God. He calls out to the Lord to help him. So God split the hollow place, that is Lehi, and water came out. And he drank, and his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore he called its name in Hackery which is in Lehi this day. It means spring of the caller. And he judged Israel 20 years in the days of the Philistines. So he led them for 20 years then as a judge after this victory. For all his problems, he knows the call in the name of the Lord. He calls on Yahweh. Yahweh delivers him. And we'll continue to see next time what happens, Lord willing, to Samson. Notice the mistake to say, well, we would need a Messiah to deliver us from the hands of the Romans at the time of Jesus. That's really one of the great separations in Judaism, right? Because many of the Israelites were looking for Messiah to be a deliverer in power, for the mighty power of God to come upon Messiah to deliver them from the Romans. They could not understand their other companions, the other Jews, that said, no, Jesus is the Messiah, because Jesus did not go after the Romans with the power of Samson. The mistake is that God does not need a holy one, a holy one of Israel, the holy one of Israel, to deliver the Israelites from the Egyptians, from the Babylonians, from the people in Jericho, from the Philistines. God can use a Samson to do that. God can take a Samson, a frail human being, and anoint that frail human being and bring victory for Israel against her enemies. He's done so over and over in, in history. Rather, when Messiah comes, he must be a Passover lamb. That's the opposite of what you think about with Samson, right? Here's Samson powerful, but Messiah comes, he comes humbly to be the sacrifice that would solve the problem of the sins of Samson and of Moses and of David and of you and I. Messiah needed to suffer to bring the victory. Any Samson could take a jawbone of a donkey. God could anoint them and slay a physical enemy like the Philistines or like Rome. But only one, only one could be the Passover lamb. And while on earth, we see Jesus on the cross. In the heavenlies, what he did by not sinning all those dirty plus years, even to death on a cross, brought a spiritual victory. You can see almost as Samson's taking that jawbone and is slaying all those Philistines by Jesus being obedient unto death by being the holy and pure substitute for our sins here on earth, he was slain and destroying all the power of the demons and the devil that they have over the human race. Multitude, minions of Satan's kingdom were destroyed in that moment of what we might perceive as weakness. As our great warrior takes and melts away the bonds that hold us captive. He melts away the bonds of sin and of sickness and of the enemy's chains around the human race and melted away in that moment on the cross. And indeed, Jesus is the great warrior that sets us free.
0: Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please write to us at shiarjashub, S-H-E-A-R-J-A-S-H-U-B, P.O. Box 518, Brantford, Connecticut 06405. Please join us again for our next broadcast of Shia Jashub.